a Section YY8 podcast. Negative Niece back in the Section YY8 studios. Going solo this week. Gavin couldn't make it again. I'll have more on that developing story later on in this week's podcast, but I couldn't let this week go without recording a podcast. Gavin and I talked back early on when we first started this that when we got into May and June of of this year, that there probably wouldn't be much to talk about, and we'd be taking a little sabbatical, you might say. Well, that's been anything... It's been far from the truth, to be honest. There's been a lot going on in Tennessee athletics between the basketball programs recruiting, the new coaching staff, and the football program. But the big story this entire spring and now summer is the Tennessee baseball team. They're still playing. And they've got a big series this weekend, so I couldn't let this week go by without getting a podcast out there to talk about what the Diamond Vols did last weekend, what they've got coming up this week, and what might be on the horizon after this week if they're able to continue on. We'll talk about that later on, or coming up. We'll also uh, get a little bit of basketball news from UT Um, Some breaking news this afternoon, which is good for the program. And a program on campus has won a a national title. Now, it's an individual title. It's not a team title. But somebody on Rocky Top has won something. We'll get into that later on in the show. Also, my Cubbies, Red Hot. Got to talk about them. The Chicago Cubs, the best team in the National League in the month of May, What do they have to look forward to coming up? We'll get into that. Braves and Gavin's Rangers continue to struggle. We'll talk about them. And then we'll wrap up the show with some news that came out yesterday that has... We talked last week about conspiracy theories. This just ties in to some more conspiracy theories coming true. We'll talk about our boy, Dr. Anthony Fauci, coming up later on in the show. But first... Let's get this thing rolling with Tennessee baseball. The Diamond Vols were in the SEC tournament last week, last weekend. And when we recorded this show last week, Tennessee had already lost to Alabama in the first round or their first game of the SEC tournament down in Hoover. It was controversial fashion. Tennessee lost 3-2 in 11 innings. Really probably should have won that game. But they put it behind them and made a run at the SEC title, coming up just a little bit short. But they looked dang impressive last weekend down in Hoover. They look like one of the top teams in the country, which I think they are, and most pundits think Tennessee is one of the top teams in the country. The next day, after the Alabama loss, Tennessee has to come out at 11.30 Eastern Time, 10.30 Central Time, and take on Mississippi State. They proceed to dispatch the Bulldogs 12-2. They run-ruled them in eight innings. College baseball has a run-rule, much like high school, a little bit different. Um, At least the SEC does, probably just in the tournament. But the Volunteers won 12-2 in eight innings, pummeled the Bulldogs. They came out right out of the gate and put them on them. So they get a rematch on Friday, 11 a.m. Game times were moved up Friday. 
due to some severe weather that was going to move through the area later in the day. Good move by the SEC to move those up, as later on in the day, there were storms all over the Tuscaloosa, Birmingham area, eventually came up, up to the Knoxville area. Tennessee got a rematch that day, or that morning, with the Crimson Tide, and I told Gavin, and we talked about it on the podcast last week, get your cup on, you're playing Alabama, it's in Hoover, something bad's going to happen. Well, something bad did happen, but it didn't happen for Tennessee for a change. We beat Alabama in something, guys. 11 to nothing in seven innings. Another run rule, two straight run rules in a row for the Volunteers. They beat Alabama 11 to nothing. Alabama was never in the game. So we move on to the Saturday game. Tennessee will now take on Florida. Florida's undefeated in the tournament after coming off some wins against Ole Miss. And um, I can't remember who else they played, but Tennessee, Florida, winner goes to the championship game. Tennessee takes care of Florida four to nothing. Uh, the score might not seem like a blowout, but Tennessee had control of that game from the get-go. A standout in that game had to be the Tennessee starting pitcher Camden Sewell. He's a kind of a local guy from Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, he was the guy that was pitching at the South Carolina game that yours truly was at, that we of course lost. He gave up a three-run homer in that game, which ended up being the deciding run of the game. Camden Sewell pitched great the rest of that game and pitched awesome this past Saturday against the Gators. He went six innings with two hits, no runs, six strikeouts, uh, one hit by pitch. Um, He faced 21 batters, six ground outs, six fly outs, 92 pitches thrown. Great outing from Camden Sewell. The rest of the game was cleaned up by Redmond Walsh, who threw an inning, and Sean Hunley threw two innings, came on to get the save for the Big Orange. But Camden Sewell, MVP of that game, just outstanding on the mound. I, I went into that game, and I told some people beforehand, you know, if we get four to five innings out of him, that's awesome. That's all we need. Well, we got six scoreless innings out of him. He probably could have went another inning, but they ended up pulling him there in the seventh, but great outing from Camden Sewell. That really bodes well for the Volunteers going forward. Not only do they have three pretty good starters that they can throw out there at any time, but Camden Sewell has shown that he can go out there in a tight spot and either come out of the bullpen or be a starter if they get into some elimination-type games later on, whether it be, hopefully not, this weekend in the regional Probably wouldn't come into effect as much in the Super Regional as it's only three games, but this is something you could see later on if they were to advance to the College World Series, got into some loser bracket action. Um, that's, you know, something that bodes well for Tennessee, I think, going forward. He could technically come in and be your quote-unquote fourth starter if you needed him. So they're, they're going to need Camden Sewell as they go along here, and he showed a lot of guts and a lot of moxie coming out there and throwing the way he did on Saturday against the Gators. So the Volunteers beat Florida and moved on to the championship game. It was awesome to see Tennessee play in a championship game. I think the last time we saw it was the basketball team 
against Auburn a couple years ago in the SEC tournament title game there in Nashville. It's really the last time we've been in that situation. You know, they were in the final four of the SEC tournament this past year. They've they've been in the in the finals of the SEC tournament the two previous years before that in basketball. But that's been about it over the last decade, besides the softball team, that we've seen a Tennessee team in this situation. And I think Tennessee fans recognize that, and they flocked in droves down to Hoover Metropolitan Stadium for the championship game. I heard a lot of pundits, analysts say, this is pretty much a home game for Tennessee. It was Lindsey Nelson Stadium South there in hoover a lot of volunteer fans there i saw the same thing in in columbia a couple weeks ago when we went to the tennessee south carolina game now there wasn't as many as you saw this past sunday in the championship game there in hoover but there was quite a few few ut fans there in columbia but tennessee fans are so starved for a winner that they'll they'll travel we're it's been proven that we're one of the best fan bases in the country. There's no doubt in my mind. And when somebody hears winning, we're going to travel. Hell, we even travel when we're not winning. Now, it's becoming increasingly less popular to travel to some of these games. And, you know, now with gas prices being out, out the roof, thanks to Biden and his failed policies, probably going to see less people travel this fall to games. That, well, that mixed with Tennessee sucks in football, but it was so cool to see so much orange in the, in the stands there at Hoover this past Sunday. But unfortunately for the volunteer faithful that made the trip down to Hoover, Tennessee wasn't able to pull it out. Tennessee jumped out to an early one nothing lead, but Arkansas just too much talent, too much firepower for the volunteers to overcome. It's like Tennessee just kind of ran out of gas there on Sunday um, I heard a couple people say that if Tennessee hadn't lost that first game to Alabama, that it would have given them a better chance, and that's true. It may have, but Arkansas won the SEC regular season. They won the conference title. My eyes are clearly the best team in the conference. Now, I'm not saying Tennessee can't beat them. I'm just saying they're the best team in the SEC this year. But Arkansas took down Tennessee 7-2, to but a great run by the Tennessee Volunteers to get to the title game. And this program right now, you got to like where this program's headed. Tony Vitello's fourth year. He's got Tennessee in the SEC title game. They're selling out games at home. Lindsey Nelson Stadium atmosphere is electric. People are really into baseball here in Knoxville. You've got to like what Tony Vitello's doing here in Knoxville. We've not seen this a lot at UT over the last decade or 12 years. Football has been a disaster, a complete dumpster fire. The basketball program before Rick Barnes was the same. Three coaches in three years. Rick Barnes has come in and done wonders with that program. But Vitello's got the baseball program kind of up there with the basketball program at the moment. Remember how excited everybody was back in 2018 when the basketball team was number one in the country? That's all everybody talked about around here was Tennessee basketball, Thompson Bowling Arena, 
Hottest ticket in town. Hottest, one of the hottest tickets in the country. 21000 every week in Thompson Bowling Arena. I remember selling tickets to a couple games that we couldn't go to, and it blew my mind what we sold them for. I remember getting tickets to UT basketball games several years ago, and they're like 10 bucks, 15 bucks a game. We almost quadrupled what we were selling those tickets for. It was unbelievable. And that same kind of atmosphere is going on right now with the Tennessee baseball program. And it's it's so good to see because back when I was in college, we had Rod Delmonico here, and there was a tradition of winning. Went to the College World Series in 95, 2001, 2005. So those expectations were there. Tennessee baseball was something people wanted to go see. But ever since Rod Delmonico was fired by the genius Mike Hamilton, the baseball program's just been kind of wandering and just not very good. It's just not been good. So what Tony Viatello's done here is incredible. He's got Tennessee recruiting at a high level. He's got Tennessee playing for the SEC championship. He's got Tennessee as a national seed going into the NCAA tournament. And I think you'll see Tennessee, after the season, reward him with an extension and or a new contract. We'll see. So Tennessee lost to Arkansas in the SEC tournament. Now it's time to move on to the NCAA tournament. That begins this weekend. As I mentioned, Tennessee was one of the eight national seeds. Tennessee came in as the number three overall seed in the NCAA tournament. That means Tennessee's going to be hosting throughout. We'll host a regional. If we win that, we'll host a super regional here in Knoxville at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So who else from the SEC made the NCAA tournament? Nine teams, the most of any conference to make the NCAA tournament. Thanks to their win against Tennessee, I believe, last week, Alabama got in the tournament. They snuck their way in. Of course, Arkansas, Florida, LSU got in. And their coach is retiring. There's been a lot of talk on the web and social media, wherever it may be. There's been a lot of talk that LSU's going to go after Tony Vitello, which makes it imperative that Tennessee do the right thing and make an offer to keep him here in Knoxville. But LSU made the tournament. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and, of course, Tennessee. Nine teams from the SEC. The next closest was the ACC with eight. Florida State, Georgia Tech, Miami, North Carolina State, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Virginia, and one of Tennessee's opponents, the Duke Blue Devils. Duke will be here in Knoxville this week as part of the Knoxville Regional. They're joined by Wright State, Liberty, and of course, the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, Tennessee was the number three overall seed. But that doesn't mean they've got a cakewalk going into it. You would think one of the top eight seeds is going to have an easier route. And for some, that's true. Tennessee absolutely, I don't want to say they got screwed because I think the NCAA tournament this year tried to keep the regionals where teams didn't have to travel as much. So that's why you see teams like Liberty, Wright State, and Duke here in Knoxville. But Tennessee has Duke in their region. 
and they come in as the number two seed in that region. Well, Duke went 32-20. and 20. Doesn't sound that great, right? Well, they won the ACC title this past week. They won the ACC Baseball Tournament Championship. So they're coming in hot as a firecracker. They'll take on the three-seed Liberty, whatever their mascot is, Flames, Golden Flames, Golden E, I don't know. Liberty something. 39-14. and 14. They play Friday at noon here in Knoxville. Uh, Tennessee will play Wright State at 6 o'clock Friday night. Wright State is the highest-scoring team in the country. So, not an easy weekend coming up for the Tennessee Volunteers, but Tennessee baseball shouldn't go into this thing scared. The number three overall seed shouldn't go into this thing scared. Baseball's a weird game. A lot of different things can happen. Tennessee just needs to come out, take care of business this weekend, and move on to the Super Regional, where they'll more than likely face the Oregon Ducks, who are the 14 seed. Um, trying to pull up the bracket. And Oregon is hosting in Eugene against Central Connecticut, Gonzaga, and LSU. So the Tigers got to travel from Louisiana all the way up to Eugene. I've seen Oregon's baseball stadium before when we were up there for the Tennessee game. It, it's an all-turf field. Of course, everything up there is turf, thanks to Phil Knight. Um, they were actually out there practicing that day that we were up there. Watched a little bit of that. Of course, that was eight years ago. So, um, But Oregon comes in as the 14th seed. If, those two, if Tennessee and Oregon advance, they'll play each other here in Knoxville in a couple weekends. So Tennessee, Duke, Wright State, and Liberty will clash here in Knoxville. Double elimination, so... Um, you can lose one and still move on, but um, you lose two and you're done. So Tennessee doesn't need to pull a Lady Vols softball and lose while hosting here this weekend. I don't think they will, but uh, Tennessee needs to come out take care of business starting Friday night with Wright State. Now, Friday night will be a big night for Tennessee baseball. First time we've hosted a region tournament here since 2005. So, tickets went on sale Saturday for the regional. The bracket was, or I'm sorry, on Monday. The bracket was announced Monday at noon. And so, yours truly wanted to go. Put out a feeler for tickets. Um, was going to try to get on myself and get them. Was playing golf Monday morning. Apparently, tickets went on sale at noon. I had no idea. And uh, they sold out in 30 minutes. That's how on fire people are for Tennessee baseball. Now, of course, that doesn't totally include 100% Tennessee fans. Of course, you're going to have Liberty fans, Wright State, and Duke, Duke fans here. But it sold out in 30 minutes. It was incredible. I got on. I didn't know about it, and I got on at 2 o'clock to try to get tickets, and they were gone. They went on sale just a little after 12 o'clock. Which I think this is a conspiracy against me that UT has banned me from ever attending any sporting events again. Because everything I go to, we lose. Especially if it's a big game. Did Tennessee intentionally 
keep me from finding out that the tickets went on sale? Maybe, I don't know. But the region sold out in 30 minutes, which is awesome. Should be an electric atmosphere this weekend in Knoxville. And I'm looking forward to it starting Friday night. If you're looking for it on TV, I think it's on um, ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus. You'll probably have to watch it on one of your apps. So if you're not, if you don't have any plans Friday night, I encourage you to sit down, watch this Tennessee baseball team, except Gavin. It makes me wonder if Gavin was watching Sunday. He said he wasn't. He claims he wasn't. And he's not here to defend himself, which is sad. So every time Gavin watches Tennessee play on TV, we lose. He he said he didn't watch the games on Thursday and Friday last week. Tennessee won. Said he didn't watch some other games in the regular season that Tennessee won. But was he watching Sunday? If he's back next week, we'll definitely ask him. He claims he wasn't, but how else do you explain Tennessee losing? I wasn't there. Tennessee only loses when I'm there or when Gavin watches. Well, I wasn't in Hoover. I have proof. I have witnesses. I have an alibi. What does Gavin have? He's not even here to defend himself. He couldn't even show up. Makes you wonder. Talk about a conspiracy theory. So, um, before we move on from the UT baseball program, um, some news about a player in the in the program, Jake Rucker was named an All-American earlier this week. Um, Rucker's been one of the top hitters in the SEC this season. Sorry, I'm reading this. Um, He's had a career year for the Big Orange, leading the team and ranking second in the conference with 81 hits. He also leads the SEC with 18 doubles and ranks third on the team with 50 RBIs. Um, He's had 22 multi-hit games and a 16-game hit streak at one point this season. He set a career high in runs with 43, hits 81, doubles with 18, and two triples. Seven home runs, of course, RBIs we set at 50. He set a record for walks, or career high for walks in 24, and total bases at 124, and he stole six bases. Rucker was also named an all-SEC first-team selection at third base this season. Um, Jake Rucker's been one of those players that uh, has led the the volunteers um and he's helped him to one of the best seasons in program history um and without a player like jake rucker tennessee doesn't go 45 and 16 and and host a regional and, and get a number three seed which is the highest in program history so players like jake rucker have absolutely made an impact on this program and it shows you what Tony Vitello's done here. He's recruiting at a high level and also developing at a high level. So Jake Rucker, All-American Tennessee baseball player. Good to see he's had a fantastic year. UT basketball news. I mentioned when we opened that there was a little bit of info on Tennessee basketball. Just some uh, roster news. Justin Powell immediately ruled eligible eligible by the SEC all interconference transfers have now been ruled eligible by the SEC. So Justin Powell is free and clear, is officially a Tennessee volunteer. I also mentioned at the start that 
that Tennessee had a national championship winning team this past week. Now, it wasn't technically a a team national title. I don't know that we'll ever see one of those here again in Knoxville. But we did win a national title this past week as the men's tennis team brought home the doubles national title. It was an Australian duo of volunteers, Adam Walton and Pat Harper. They ended up beating Auburn's, and pardon, bear with me here, Finn Margett and Tad McLean. They had to do it in a third set super tiebreaker to claim the 2021 NCAA doubles national championship this past Friday. So big win for Tennessee. National champions in men's double tennis are clad in big orange. I was reading a little bit about this earlier today. I, I don't know a whole lot about Tennessee's tennis program. I know they've had some success um, over the past few years, and, and they've always had a pretty good tennis program. This was the fourth individual national title in Tennessee program history for um, for tennis. So uh, that was pretty cool to find out. I did not know that. So um, hopefully Tennessee can keep building on this and um, and get that tennis program even further next year. Of course, a couple weeks ago they lost in the Final Four of the men's NCAA tennis tournament to Baylor, who went on to beat Florida and win the national title. I'm sorry, Florida beat Baylor to win the national title. Good for Florida. Like, they haven't won anything recently. But Tennessee tennis, the men's tennis team, won the SEC championship this year and made it to the Final Four. So maybe maybe next year they can win a, a national title. Who knows? It would be nice. But um, like I said earlier, a lot going on in Knoxville. You know, this time of year is usually a downtime. Baseball is usually over. There's nothing going on. And we're going into the summer looking forward to football, but nobody's looking forward to football. I mean, we will when it gets here in August and September, but my God, it's going to be a long season. I just, I don't even want to think about it. But thank God for Tennessee baseball and thank God for Tennessee tennis. All right, Gavin, you've heard me talk plenty of times before about our good friend Big Montana over at A&B Distributors. Big, big supporter of the show. Uh, big, He's called into the show before while Gavin was dodging gunfire. Oh, yeah. Um, but big supporter of the show. Big, He's our main and only sponsor of the mm-hmm. Section YY8 podcast. Um, I know Gavin likes to eat. So do I. Oh, yeah. And restaurants are back open. They're open fully tomorrow. open here in the Knoxville area, and I'm assuming around the state. The Big Montana and A&B Distributors, they get the food out to these people, so you can go out and eat without right. a mask on. That's right. And you don't have to wear a mask like in California, like between bites. Pull your mask down, put the food in your mouth, pull the mask up. No, we don't do that here. You go out to eat, and you're joining your food. More than likely, it's come from Big Montana and A&B Distributors. He's all over East Tennessee, Johnson City, Kingsport, Tri-Cities area, Knoxville, Chattanooga, Nashville, Crossville, Cookville. He's everywhere. Saw Big Montana earlier today. He just got back from Johnson City. 
He's been up there wheeling and dealing, getting the people what they want in the Tri-Cities. But now he's back in Knoxville. Got one more day of work this week, and then it's the weekend. He's got everybody loaded up here in town, ready for a big weekend of people eating out. You going to eat out this weekend, Gavin, anywhere? Or are you just I'm probably going to, but even if I don't, he can still deliver to me. Yes. He's got me covered. And he will. So hook, hit up Big Montana, you know, if you're a restaurant, if you own a restaurant and you're listening to the show, hit him up. He'll make you a deal. Tell him that Gavin and Nice sent you from the Section YY8 podcast. Um, but, you know, he'll hook you up, whatever you need. It doesn't even have to be food. If you need cups, any type of restaurant supplies, he'll hook you up. Do you need milk? He'll get you some milk. He's got the best milk in town. Not only does he have the best meat in town, he gets the best milk in town. Mm. Meat and milk, what a combo! But hit hit Big Montana up at eight six five six seven nine zero seven four three. He'll hook you up, Gavin. We always say he's got the best meat in town, and you can't beat his meat. Is that true? Can't beat his meat. That's right. Let's go. I mean, you can't. It's been tried. It's proven. You can't beat Big Montana's meat. But hit up Big Montana A and B Distributors for the best meat and the best food in town. Well, it's almost summertime, and not only is the temperature heating up outside, but my Chicago Cubs, it's already summertime for the Cubs. They are absolutely red hot right now. One of the best teams in baseball. And I'm sorry, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I would have laughed at you if somebody told me that the Cubs would be where they're at right now as we head into June. I was pretty hard on them over the last few weeks. Had a lot of players not producing. The pitching was bad. They were losing to teams they probably should have beat. But here we are in the month of June, and the Chicago Cubs are one of the best teams in not only the National League, but probably in all of baseball. So in the month of May, the Cubs went 19-8. and eight. 19 and 8. It was an incredible month for the Cubs. They turned it around. One of the best bullpens in baseball. At one point, the bullpen went 36 straight innings of scoreless baseball. Incredible. Earlier in the year, they couldn't get anybody out. You got to give props to, to manager David Ross and his staff, what they've done. And they're getting key contributions from guys that you don't know about. David Wisdom for the Cubs. Coming up with home runs, clutch hits. Cubs got some injuries right now. Anthony Rizzo's been out. Ian Happ's been out. There's been a lot of... The Cubs are banged up right now. But they continue to find ways to win. Like I said, they went 19-8 and in May. And earlier this week, you know, one game was in May and then the other two were June 1st, June 2nd. But they swept the San Diego Padres, who are a contender to dethrone the Dodgers in the West. And they're one of the best teams in baseball. But the Cubs swept them earlier this week, and they look dang good doing it. Really good pitching. Cubs are hitting the ball really well right now. I got to watch them a couple days ago, and it was actually fun to watch again. 
which hasn't been the case the last couple of years for me with the Cubs. Even though they won the Central last year, you just never got that feeling, at least I didn't, that they were going to do anything with it once they got into the playoffs, and they didn't. But right now, the Cubs are a game and a half up on St. Louis in the Central with a 32-23 and record. St. Louis is 31-25. and uh, Milwaukee's three games out, and you got to go down to Cincinnati, who's seven games out, and Pittsburgh, who is 11 games out. But the Cubs have been really streaky this this past month of May. They've won nine out of this is this is from the Cubs Twitter account. Nine out of ten, eleven out of thirteen, fifteen out of nineteen. They said you get the idea. Well, I went a little further than that. Try twenty-one of their last twenty-nine. 21 and 8 over their last 29 games. The only team better with a better record right now and probably hotter in the game of baseball is the Tampa Bay Rays. And you got to think that the only reason the Rays are doing that is because Gavin didn't pick him to be his his new team. The team he went with absolutely sucks. The Texas Rangers. Looking at the standings in the American League, the Rangers are 22 and 36, 11 games out of first. But that's right up Gavin's alley. Speaking of not playing well, the Atlanta Braves. I believe last week when we recorded this show, the Braves were either 23 and 24 or 24 and 25. Well, things haven't gotten better over the last week as they're now t- two games under 500, 26 and 28. I think last week they were two and a half games out of first behind the Mets. Now they're four games out of first behind the New York Mets. Who The Mets aren't very good, in my opinion. The Cubs played them earlier this year. But uh, things aren't looking good in Atlanta. I was talking... You know, I know a lot of Braves fans, obviously, living around here. And they're not happy right now. A lot of complaining um, about the manager. A lot of complaining about players. They've had they've had some injuries, and they've also had some stupid things happen, like one of their pitchers punch a brick wall and break his hand. Um, I got a text from one Cubs fan who, who listens to this show. So if he's listening, he'll know who he is. Um, he actually texted me asking if I thought the Cubs would trade Chris Bryant this year. My answer was simple. It depends on where they're at at the trade deadline. I've said that all along. Right now they look like contenders, so my answer is no. The Cubs will not trade him. But he went on to say, yeah, they're going to be in it, but the Braves suck. Braves fans are not happy right now. He, he thinks that the Braves are just going to punt on this season and move on to next. Um, a lot of frustration out of Braves fans right now. Season, I remember back in the winter, I can't remember if it was Major League Baseball or who it was, put out their predictions for the upcoming season, and they didn't have the Braves winning the East. They had them at like a 500 team. And I just remember Braves fans going nuts about that. And I didn't say anything because I thought the Braves were going to be pretty good this year after the season they had last year where they really probably should have went to the World Series. I just remember seeing that and kind of laughing about it as a joke. And 
and telling people, see, they're not going to be as good as they, as they, uh, as you all think. Now, I didn't really think that, but it's kind of so far coming to pass. 26 and 28. 62 games into the season. 64 games. So, uh, Braves got a lot of work to do coming up here in the month of June. Um, they're not, they've not run out of time. But you get into June, you got to start making some noise to get yourself in position for trade deadline talks in July and August. And that's when, I mean, things start getting in motion. I told Gavin this a couple weeks ago. I don't really worry about April and May that much. I kind of start paying attention when it gets to June. That's when you see, okay, teams have played. You got about 100 games left at this point in the season. I mean, you've not played half of your games yet, but you're getting close to half the season being over. So June's kind of the time where you see contenders start to rise and stay there and the pretenders move on out. I saw a, a graphic the other day on a baseball show I was watching that says when teams get to Memorial Day, if they're leading their division, they have an 80% of the time they make the they make the playoffs. So right now it's looking good for... Statistically, for the Mets, the Cubs, and out west, the Giants, of course, they're in a tight race in the NL West. San Diego's a game back of the Giants, and the Dodgers are a game and a half back. Dodgers 33-23, and 23, Padres 34-23, and the Giants 34-21. and 21. Cubs and Giants are actually playing this week. I believe it's a four-game series starting on Thursday night. Over in the American League, you've got Oakland. Wow, Oakland A's, they're always up there. They're like the Rays, low budget, low payroll, still find ways to win. They're a game up on Houston. In the Central, you've got the White Sox, who were predicted to win the division. Two and a half games up on Cleveland right now at 33-22. and 22. And over in the East, you got the Tampa Bay Rays, two games clear. The Red Sox, Rays are 36-22, Red Sox 33-23. And, and the Yankees, four and a half back. And the Blue Jays are just five back. So four teams there, tight race there in the NLE or the AL East. Poor Baltimore. I'm surprised Gavin didn't pick Baltimore to be his favorite team. 19 and 37. I think they lost 11 or 12 in a row. It ended earlier this week. But we're heading into June. A lot of baseball yet to be played. You know, roughly 60. To 65 games most teams have played right now so getting closing in on the halfway point of the season of the major league baseball season so that's pretty much the sports side of the show this week but i can't go off the air this week can't stop recording without talking about the big political story of the week everybody's favorite doctor Dr. Anthony Fauci. I've never been a big fan of this guy. You know, when he first came out last year, everybody loved him. And he was this little guy, this little gray-headed older guy who talked weird. Um, he, you know, he was telling everybody what to do, what not to do. Top, one of the top doctors in the country, supposedly. But then after a while you started to notice he flip-flopped on several things he said early on. 
he came out this week and said the reason he was flip-flopping so much was because science changes. Science progresses as you go along. But it's come out, it's come to light this week. You know, we talked last week about the conspiracy theories that are starting so um, you can't see me behind the microphone. But imagine you're watching me right now. I'm doing the air quotes again. The conspiracy theories that everybody said Trump and his followers were putting out there are starting to come true. The virus came from a lab in Wuhan, the China virus. Guys, it was man-made. There's no doubt in my mind. And the more and more stuff comes out, the more and more I believe that it was released on purpose. There's a lot of evil people out there, and a lot of them live right here in this country, which is sad. And they don't want America to succeed. They would rather other countries succeed. And Anthony Fauci may be one of them. But emails were released this week due to the Freedom of Information Act 3,200 pages worth of emails, I believe, came out of Anthony Fauci all the way back to 2019, I think it was. But early on, he said masks didn't work. And I'm, and he wasn't lying about masks not working. They don't. Not the mask we wear. I've got this little... It's not little. Everybody said I look like a Muslim or a bank robber when I wear it, but it covers like my neck and everything, attaches to my ears. But there is no way, it's like a dry fit t-shirt. There is no way that that keeps stuff either coming out of me or coming into me. There's just no way. There's absolutely no way. These little cotton masks that people wear, no. Absolutely not. But early on, if you if you remember, I used to watch the press conferences every day really for Trump, not for Fauci, but Fauci was there and he early on was asked, like, should we wear a mask? And he said, absolutely not. But then the CDC, our friends at the CDC came out and said we should, and all of a sudden he thinks we should. Then he comes out not long ago and says that masks never really worked. Not the top that we wear. Another thing that's come out of these emails is he knew there was a very good chance, high probability, that the virus was man-made and came from a lab in Wuhan. Wuhan, however you say it. But he never would say that early on. He, he hasn't said it at all. But now that things are coming out, oh, now all of a sudden they flipped their, they've changed their tune. So I was reading an article today about what we've learned from Mr. Fauci's emails. One question was, were they leaked? No, as I said earlier, they were obtained by the Washington Post and BuzzFeed through the Freedom of Information Act. 3,200 pages. Crazy. Another thing that a lot of people on the left and Trump haters who have Trump derangement sy syndrome, said that Trump was always silencing Dr. Fauci. Was that true? Well, according to the emails, that was false. According to the emails, he said in one, quote, please stay silent. He was asked in a March 2020 email, 
and denied being silenced by Trump, writing, quote, Please stay silent since I have not been muzzled. I will be on multiple TV shows tomorrow and was on Fox this AM. No one is censoring me. I am not being muzzled or censored, he wrote in another email that same month. So that's another thing that the wacky left and Trump haters always said was that Trump was silencing Fauci. Fauci, in his own words, said he wasn't. So y'all can stop saying that. It's incredible how many lies people have said about Trump just because they can't stand him. Was Fauci told about the origins of COVID-19, a.k.a. the China virus? He was warned very early on that this could possibly have been engineered. But, like he and all the other geniuses in Washington and the fake news media, dismissed the claim. Controversial claim. It's a conspiracy. It's just more misinformation from Trump. It's really unbelievable. I tweeted this the other day. Can you imagine believing anything that Fauci and the fake news mainstream media has told you? That includes Fox News. But can you imagine believing any of that stuff over the last year and a half? I was told very early on, I was told back in December, that Anthony Fauci wasn't lying about anything. Why would these people lie about it? Even, even local folks. Why would they lie about this stuff? They're just trying to protect the public. That may be true to a point, but it's about power, people. These people gained a lot of power in a small amount of time, and they didn't want to give it up. The China virus is over. It's time to throw your mask away and burn them. It's time to go back to the way we were living before and move on. Wash your hands every now and then. Cover your mouth when you sneeze or cough. But by all means, go to large crowds. Do whatever you want. President Biden said we couldn't have barbecues till maybe July 4th. Who wants to tell him we've been doing that already for months here in beautiful East Tennessee? The next thing we got to wait for is information to come out on voter fraud. And I said this last week, nothing may come of it. But I firmly believe that most of the votes, not all of them, but a lot of votes for Biden in the 2020 election were rigged and fake ballots. Rigged votes, a lot. I mean, you saw videos of ballots being exchanged there in Georgia. And again, people that, that listen to the fake news media and watch these mainstream bozos, they see things on there that say that, that it's been debunked. Of course, they say it's been debunked. They hate Trump. But it'll be interesting to see what comes out of voter fraud. I, I don't know when it'll come out, but I really believe that it's going to come out at some point. And I can't wait. I cannot wait for that to happen. This stuff coming out about Fauci has been great. And a lot of the people who bashed me over the last year and a half for this stuff are awful quiet right now. Awfully quiet. 
But stay tuned to the voter fraud stuff. All right. That's this week's show. I appreciate everybody listening. Remember to like our podcast. Remember to share it. You can find us anywhere on the web that you want to find us. You know, we host this thing on podbean.com. They have an app that's that sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't. Most of the time it works. But you can find us there on the Podbean app, podbean.com. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. Gavin did a search a few shows ago, typed in Section YY8 in the search bar, and random websites are hosting our podcast. I know nobody's probably even listening to this this week. I think we're averaging like 25 or 30 listeners a week, but spread the word. We're going to have a lot going on this fall when football starts. Got some stuff I'm working on, trying to get some guests on here besides just me and Gavin. I know you guys love love me and Gavin, but we want to get some, some other folks on here uh, to tell stories about Tennessee athletics and their experiences and uh, possibly to... Uh, Possibly to break down and analyze Tennessee athletics. We'll see what we can pull off. Working hard on that and hope to have that stuff going pretty soon. But I appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully we can get Gavin back in here next week. He's got a lot to answer for. Tennessee lost on Sunday. I've already texted him and talked to him about this weekend. He is not allowed to watch. And I'm not going to be there. So Tennessee loses. It's on him. And we got to get to the bottom of what happened last Sunday. He had to have been watching. Gavin loves Tennessee athletics, and he's not going to turn down an opportunity to watch Tennessee compete for a title. That has to be why the Volunteers lost last week. We'll find out. We got to get Gavin back next week so he can answer these questions. And uh, hopefully, Tennessee will be advancing to a super regional. And um, if they are, we'll preview that. If not, we'll look back on the season. And where does Tennessee go from here as a baseball program? Will we see an expansion of Lindsey Nelson Stadium? We've got a temporary expansion this weekend with seats down the left field line. But I've heard rumblings that uh, some of the heavy hitters are opening their checkbooks and have been touring other stadiums around around the conference and the country. So where does Tennessee go from there? But we'll talk about all that when the time's right. Hopefully that'll be a few weeks away, but appreciate everybody listening. And until next week, this has been the Section YY8 Podcast.